Hey, this is Stephen Blandino, and welcome to this month's episode of the Leader Fluent Podcast. One of the biggest challenges leaders deal with is conflict. But how we deal with conflict also says a lot about our maturity as a leader. So in this episode, I'm going to share with you seven keys to resolve conflict in a healthy and effective way. Before I do, let me just encourage you to stop by stephenblandino.com and check out my coaching options, as well as some of the free resources that are available there. You'll find coaching on leadership, organizational health, team development, life purpose. I'd love to help you grow and improve in your leadership. So check it out today. Again, stephenblandino.com. Thanks again for listening and enjoy this episode on seven keys to resolve conflict. Every leader encounters conflict, and let's be honest, most of us don't enjoy it, but conflict just comes with the territory. In fact, conflict is a part of life, whether it's at work or at school or at home, whatever dimension it might show up in. And one of the biggest reasons for conflict is when there's a gap between expectations and reality. For example, if you're married, your spouse likely has an expectation that you get home from the office by a certain time each day. But if instead of getting home on time, you arrive, let's say, an hour late, maybe maybe you're supposed to be home at 6, but you get home at 7 o'clock, well, now your reality doesn't match your spouse's expectations. In other words, your reality of arriving home at 7 p.m. doesn't match your spouse's expectation of being home at 6 p.m. And what is it that fills the gap between expectation and reality? Frustration, right? Frustration fills the gap, and that frustration usually generates conflict. Well, that same scenario plays itself out every day, not only in families, but also at work and among friends and in every other environment where you find human beings, right? Conflict is just a part of life and leadership. So how do you resolve the conflict in an effective and healthy manner? Well, that's what I want to focus on today. And we find a really practical strategy on conflict resolution in the New Testament book of Acts chapter 15. In this passage, we read about a conflict that arises between the Apostle Paul and Barnabas and some men from Judea, and and the conflict is over a Jewish religious practice that existed under the Old Covenant that was abolished whenever, through Jesus, a new covenant was established. And in Acts 15, these men from Judea are trying to impose this old religious practice onto the Gentiles. Well, this difference of opinion, it becomes a point of conflict in the early church. And so Paul and Barnabas head to Jerusalem to meet with the apostles and elders of the church to resolve the issue. And from this meeting, we discover some really practical keys. In fact, I believe we see seven keys to resolve conflict. And these keys, I think they're just as relevant and practical today as they were for Paul and Barnabas and these leaders. So let me share again seven keys to resolve conflict. Number one, seek understanding. Seek understanding. Acts 15, 7 begins this way. At the meeting, after a long discussion. Now, why did these leaders have a long discussion? Because 
they needed to create space to hear both sides of the issue. And let's be honest, every conflict has two sides to the issue. And so in this long discussion, they were making room to gain understanding. Stephen Covey said, Seek first to understand, then to be understood. But what do we like to do? We, we like to seek first to make our point so then they'll understand, right? And, and that rarely works. We know that. That's why I like to live by a, a simple rule of relationships, and, and that's this. Ask questions before you jump to conclusions. Again, ask questions before you jump to conclusions. You don't gain understanding with answers. You gain understanding with questions. So number one, seek understanding. Number two, begin with common ground. Acts 15, 7, it says, At the meeting, after a long discussion, Peter stood and addressed them as follows, Brothers, you all know that God chose me from among you some time ago to preach to the Gentiles so that they could hear the good news and believe. What does Peter do here? He establishes common ground. He said, brothers, you all know. But again, we like to begin with what I know rather than what we know. But that approach tends to burn the very bridges that would allow the conflict to be resolved. So this is, this is one reason why politics is such a mess in our day, right? Everybody focuses on their differences rather than the areas where they find agreement. But what would happen if both sides came to the middle and established common ground first? John Maxwell calls it the 101% principle. He says, find the 1% that you agree on and then give it 100% of your effort. In other words, start with common ground. Start with what you both know to be true. Number three, articulate the facts without emotion. Acts 15, 8. God knows people's hearts, and he confirmed that he accepts Gentiles by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. Notice what Peter does. Peter begins by sharing some basic facts. But when he does, he also controls his emotions, which if you know Peter's history, you know that was like a big deal because he, he didn't always control his emotions. Sometimes he kind of got a little heated, lost a little bit of control. But in this situation, he exercises some wisdom and keeps his emotions in check. Now, in our culture today, we tend to express our emotions as a fact rather than articulating the facts without emotion. We see this on social media all the time, right? Somebody gets mad and then they post an emotionally charged rant and it just gets ugly. Here's the problem with that. Public platforms are not the place to resolve private conflicts. When that happens, what happens in that scenario? Hundreds of other people and their opinions, I might add, get dragged into our conflict. So, so imagine if every time you went into the office, if you had a disagreement with a coworker, imagine pulling out a buglehorn, a bullhorn, if you will, and walking through the office announcing the conflict to everyone. 
Well, that's exactly what we do when we use social media to resolve conflicts. We use a public platform to resolve a private issue, and that's not where it was meant to be resolved. So again, let me remind us, how we handle conflict reveals our level of maturity. If you handle conflict wisely and and calmly and with self-control, then you're being mature about how you handle that conflict. But if you handle the conflict in a harsh and, and a demeaning and a very uncontrolled manner, then you're only revealing your immaturity. Solomon said in Proverbs 15:1, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. So articulate the facts without emotion. Number four, acknowledge one another's value. Acts 15.9 says, He made no distinction between us and them, for he cleansed their hearts through faith. You see, in Jesus' day, the Jews had issues with the Gentiles because they wouldn't conform to Jewish rules. And so what does Peter do? Peter, who was a Jew, uh, he looks at this situation and he chooses to acknowledge the Gentiles' value. Why? Because God acknowledged their value. You see, if, if you want the other person to value your opinion more than you value them as a person, you're only going to escalate the conflict. In fact, can I remind us that every person on planet Earth was made in the image of God, including the person that you're having the most conflict with right now. So when we don't acknowledge people's values, we're basically indirectly saying to God that he made a mistake when he created that person. So when you're having the conversation with the individual that you're having conflict with, take time to acknowledge their value. Take time to extend appreciation to them, to acknowledge their strengths, to to communicate to them that they are valuable to you. Number five, address the real issue. Acts 15, 10, and 11. Again, Peter continues. So why are you now challenging God by burdening the Gentile believers with a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors were able to bear? We believe that we are all saved the same way by the under undeserved grace of the Lord Jesus. Now, Peter's not hurling accusations here. Instead, he's putting his finger on the real issue at hand. And this is, this is a part of conflict resolution that's really easy to ignore. This is where it's so easy to talk around the issue rather than addressing the issue at hand, rather than addressing the real issue, the core issue. So if that's what you're going to do, right? If you're going to address the real issue, how do you do that wisely? You have to speak the truth in the tone of grace. Let me say that again. You have to speak the truth in the tone of grace. You've probably heard it said before, truth without grace is mean and grace without truth is meaningless. And and here's the thing. Each one of us naturally lean in one direction more than the other. Some of us are more truth-filled with our words, and some of us are more grace-filled with our words. But you need both. You need truth and grace. Because when you speak truth in the tone of grace, people can more easily digest it. Think about it like this. When some people resolve conflict, 
they're, they're kind of like a brick, right? That they're solid in their understanding of the truth. The problem is their words are also kind of hard and rough on the edges. But other people, they're, they're more like velvet. In other words, their words are soft, but they don't really have any backbone. As I heard someone say years ago, leaders have to be like a velvet-covered brick. You have to be kind on the outside, but strong on the inside. You have to be graceful with your words on the outside, but grounded in truth on the inside. You see, the velvet-covered brick combines truth with grace and facts with feeling and the head with the heart. So address the real issue, but do so in the tone of grace. Number six, listen without interrupting. Acts 15 verse 12, everyone listened quietly. I love that phrase. Everyone listened quietly as Barnabas and Paul told about the miraculous signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. Several years ago, I was sitting in a meeting with a group of leaders from a wide variety of backgrounds and organizations and, and life experiences. And, and these were sharp people. These were sharp leaders, and they really desired to make a meaningful contribution. But the longer I sat in the meeting, the more I began to make an observation. And that was that the people who talked the most had the least to say. In fact, the more they spoke, the less credible they became. Well, Solomon warns us about this very issue in Proverbs 18. In verse 2, he says this, Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. And in verse 13, he says, Spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. You see, when you begin with the posture of listening, then you earn the privilege to speak. And that's exactly what happened in Acts 15. In, in verse 13, it says, When they had finished, James stood and said, Brothers, listen to me. Peter has told you about the time God first visited the Gentiles to take from them a people for himself. And this, conver and this conversion of Gentiles is exactly what the prophets predicted. I want you to notice what James did here. James spent all his time up until this point in the meeting listening without interrupting. And after he had listened carefully, that's when he was able to say with respect and with credibility, brothers, listen to me. I love something that author and professor David Augsburger said. He said, being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, they are almost indistinguishable. That's powerful. That's the power of listening. When we listen, we're conveying to the other person, they matter, they are loved, they are valued. So when you're resolving conflict, this is so incredibly important. Listen without interrupting. And number seven, agree on a sensible solution. Acts 15, verse 19, And so my judgment is that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Now, 
When James said that, James wasn't giving the Gentiles a free pass to do whatever they wanted. In fact, if you keep reading, you you see where he spells out specific things that they still need to do. But on this issue, James presents a solution that was both sensible and biblical. Here's what I believe. I believe that if you practice the first six principles, the likelihood of coming to a sensible solution is far greater. So let's review. How do we resolve conflict? Number one, seek to understand. Number two, begin with common ground. Number three, articulate the facts without emotion. Number four, acknowledge one another's value. Number five, address the real issue. Number six, listen without interrupting. And number seven, agree on a sensible solution. As you implement these seven keys, I believe that you'll become more effective at resolving conflict and not only resolving it, but doing so in a really healthy way that brings the greatest resolution and honors God in the process. Well, I hope this episode of the Leader Fluent Podcast helps you navigate the rocky terrain of conflict resolution. And if you enjoyed this episode, I want to encourage you to check out some of my previous episodes. Some of those include the five stages of vision casting, five parts of an effective team meeting, seven words of wisdom for graduates, and Jesus on habit formation. Plus, would you do me a favor? Would you mind taking a moment and rating and reviewing the podcast? It would mean so much if you would do that. And and you might even want to share it with somebody that you feel like this episode would really help them. I so much appreciate that. Thanks again for listening. And if you'd like to learn more about my coaching or free resources, just go to stephenblandino.com where you can find all the information there. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.